Book Four, Part Seven of A Confederate Girl's Diary. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Confederate Girl's Diary by Sarah Morgan Dawson. Book Four, Part Seven, July tenth to July twenty third, eighteen sixty three. July tenth. Shall I cry, faint, scream, or go off in hysterics? Tell me which quickly, for to doubt this news is fine and imprisonment, and if I really believe it, I would certainly give way to my feelings and commit some vagaries of the kind. My resolution is formed. I will do neither. I won't gratify the Yankees so much. I have been banging at the piano until my fingers are weary and singing The Secret Through Life to Be Happy. Until my voice is cracked, I'll stand on my head if necessary to prove my indifference. But I'll never believe this is true until it is confirmed by stronger authority. Day before yesterday came tidings that Vicksburg had fallen on the fourth instant. The era poured out extras and sundry little pop guns fizzled out salutes. All who doubted the truth of the report and were brave enough to say so were fined or imprisoned. It has become a penal offence to doubt what the era says. So quite a number of arrests were made. This morning it was followed up by the announcement of the capture of Port Hudson. The guns are pealing for true, and the Yankees at headquarters may be seen skipping like lambs for very joy. And I still disbelieve, skeptic. The first thing I know, that era man will be coming here to convert me, but I don't, can't, won't believe it. If it is true, but I find consolation in this faith: it is either true or not true. If it is true, it is all for the best, and if it is not true, it is better still. Whichever it is, is for some wise purpose. So it does not matter. So we wait, pray, and believe. Five o'clock p.m. I don't believe it. What am I crying about then? It seems so hard. How the mighty are fallen! Port Hudson gone. Brother believes it. That is enough for me. God bless him! I cry hourly. He is so good and considerate. He told me, name your friends and what can be done for them shall be attended to. The prisoners will be sent here. Maybe I cannot do much. But food and clothing you shall have in abundance for them when they arrive. God bless him for his kindness. Oh dear noble men, I am afraid to meet them. I should do something foolish. Best take my cry out in private now. May the Lord look down in pity on us. Port Hudson does not matter so much, but these brave noble creatures. The heiress says they had devoured their last mule before they surrendered. Saturday, July tenth, ten o'clock p.m. I preach patience, but how about practice? I am exasperated. There is the simple fact, and is it not enough? What a scene I have just witnessed! A motley crew of thousands of low people of all colors parading the streets with flags, torches, music, and all other accompaniments, shouting, screaming, exulting over the fall of Port Hudson and Vicksburg. The era will call it an enthusiastic demonstration of the loyal citizens of the city. 
we who saw it from upper balconies know of what rank these citizens were we saw crowds of soldiers mixed up with the lowest rabble in the town workingmen in dirty clothes newsboys ragged children negroes and even women walking in the procession while swarms of negroes and low white women elbowed each other in a dense mass on the pavement to see such creatures exulting over our misfortune was enough to make one scream with rage one of their dozen transparencies was inscribed with a dead confederacy fools the flames are smouldering they will burst out presently and consume you more than half much more were negroes as they passed here they raised a yell of down with the rebels that made us gnash our teeth in silence the devil possessed me o oh, miriam help me pray the dear lord that their flag may burn i whispered as the torches danced around it and we did pray earnestly so earnestly that miriam's eyes were tightly screwed up but it must have been a wicked prayer for it was not answered dr s has out a magnificent display of black cotton grammatically inscribed with port hudson and vicksburg is ours garnished with a luminous row of tapers and drunk on two bits worth of lager beer he has been shrieking out all union songs he can think of with his horrid children until my tympanum is perfectly cracked miriam wants to offer him an extra bottle of lager for the two places of which he claims the monopoly he would sell his creed for less Miriam is dying to ask him what he has done with the Confederate uniform he sported before the Yankees came. His son says they are all Union men over there and will illuminate, illuminate, tonight. A starving seamstress opposite has stuck six tallow candles in her window. Better put them in her stomach. And I won't believe Vicksburg has surrendered. Port Hudson, I am sure, has fallen. Alas for all hopes of serving the brave creatures, the rumor is that they have been released on parole. Happily for them. But if it must go, what a blessed privilege it would have been to aid or comfort them. Wednesday, July 15th. It is but too true. Both have fallen. All Port Hudson privates have been paroled, and the officers sent here for exchange. Ay, ay, I know some privates I would rather see than the officers. As yet only ten that we know have arrived. All are confined in the custom-house. Last evening crowds surrounded the place. We did something dreadful, Ada Pierce, Miriam, and I. We went down to the confectionery, and, unable to resist the temptation, made a detour by the custom-house in hope of seeing one of our poor, dear, half-starved, mule- and rat-fed defenders." The crowd had passed away then, but what was our horror when we emerged from the river side of the building and turned into canal to find the whole front of the pavement lined with Yankees? Our folly struck us so forcibly that we were almost paralyzed with fear. However, that did not prevent us from endeavoring to hurry past, though I felt as though walking in a nightmare. Ada was brave enough to look up at a window where several of our prisoners were standing, and kept urging us to do likewise. "'Look, he knows you, Sarah. He has called another to see you. They both recognize you. Oh, look, please, and tell me who they are. They are watching you still,' she would exclaim. 
But if my own dear brother stood there, I could not have raised my eyes. We only hurried on faster, with a hundred Yankee eyes fixed on our flying steps. My friend Colonel Stedman was one of the commissioners for arranging the terms of the capitulation, I see. He has not yet arrived. Dreadful news has come of the defeat of Lee at Gettysburg. Think I believe it all? He may have been defeated, but not one of these reports of total overthrow and rout do I credit. Yankees jubilant, Southerners dismal. Brother, with principles on one side and brothers on the other, is correspondingly distracted. Saturday, July 18th. It may be wrong. I feel very contrite, but still I cannot help thinking it is an error on the right side. It began by Miriam sending Mr. Kahn a box of cigars when she was on canal the other day, with a note saying we would be delighted to assist him in any way. Poor creature, he wrote an answer which breathed desolation and humility under his present situation in every line. The cigars and unexpected kindness had touched a tender chord, evidently. He said he had no friends and would be grateful for our assistance. But before his answer arrived, yesterday morning I took it into my head that Colonel Stedman was also at the Custom House, though his arrival had not been announced, the Yankees declining to publish any more names to avoid the excitement that follows. So Miriam and I prepared a lunch of chicken, soup, wine, preserves, sardines, and cakes to send to him, and fool-like I sent a note with it. It only contained the same offer of assistance, and I would not object to the town criers reading it, but it upset Brother's ideas of decorum completely. He said nothing to Miriam's, because that was the first offence. But yesterday he met Edmund, who was carrying the basket, and he could not stand the sight of another note. I wish he had read it, but he said he would not assume such a right. So he came home very much annoyed and spoke to Miriam about it. Fortunately for my peace of mind I was swimming in the bathtub in blissful unconsciousness, else I should have drowned myself. He said, I want you both to understand that you shall have everything you want for the prisoners. Subscribe any sum of money, purchase any quantity of clothing, send all the food you please, but for God's sake don't write to them. In such a place every man knows the other has received a letter, and none know what it contains. I cannot have my sister's names in everybody's mouth. Never do it again." all as kind and as considerate for us as ever and a necessary caution i love him the better for it but i was dismayed for having rendered the reproof necessary for three hours i made the most hideous faces at myself and groaned aloud over brother's displeasure he is so good that i would rather bite my tongue off than give him a moment's pain just now I went to him, unable to keep silence any longer, and told him how distressed I was to have displeased him about that note. "'Don't think any more about it, only don't do it again, dear,' was his answer. I was so grateful to him for his gentleness that I was almost hurried into a story. I began, "'It is the first time,' when I caught myself and said boldly, no, it is not. Colonel Stedman has written to me before, and I have replied, but I promise to you it shall not occur again if I can avoid it. 
He was satisfied with the acknowledgment, and I was more than gratified with his kindness. Yet the error must have been on the right side. Colonel Steadman wrote back his thanks by Edmund with heartfelt gratitude for finding such friends in his adversity and touching acknowledgments of the acceptable nature of the lunch. His brother and Colonel Locke were wounded, though recovering, and he was anxious to know if I had yet recovered. And that was all, except that he hoped we would come to see him, and his thanks to brother for his kind message. Brother had sent him word by one of the prisoners that though he was not acquainted with him, yet as his sister's friend he would be happy to assist him if he needed money or clothing. There was no harm in either note, and though I would not do it again, I am almost glad I let him know he still had friends before Brother asked me not to write. And as yet we can't see them. A man was bayoneted yesterday for waving to them even. It only makes us the more eager to see them. We did see some, walking on Rampart Street with the Pierces yesterday in front of a splendid private house, we saw sentinels stationed. Upon inquiry we learned that General Gardner and a dozen others were confined there. Ada and Miriam went wild. If it had not been for dignified Marie and that model of propriety Sarah, there is no knowing but what they would have carried the house by storm. We got them by, without seeing a grey coat, when they vowed to pass back, declaring that the street was not respectable on the block above. We had to follow. So there they all stood on the balcony above. We thought we recognized General Gardner, Major Wilson, Major Spratley, and Mr. Dupre. Miriam was sure she did, but even when I put on a bold face and tried to look, something kept me from seeing, so I had all the appearance of staring without deriving the slightest benefit from it. Wonder what makes me such a fool. Mr. Conn writes that Captain Bradford is wounded, but does not say whether he is here. Thursday, July 23rd. It is bad policy to keep us from seeing the prisoners. It just sets us wild about them. Put a creature you don't care for in the least, in a situation that commands sympathy, and nine out of ten girls will fall desperately in love. Here are brave, self-sacrificing, noble men who have fought heroically for us, and have been forced to surrender by unpropitious fate, confined in a city peopled by their friends and kindred, and as totally isolated from them as though they inhabited the dry tortugas. Ladies are naturally hero-worshippers. We are dying to show these unfortunates that we are as proud of their bravery as though it had led to victory instead of defeat. Banks wills that they remain in privacy. Consequently, our vivid imaginations are constantly occupied in depicting their sufferings, privations, heroism, and manifold virtues, until they have almost become as demigods to us. Even horrid little Captain C. has a share of my sympathy in his misfortune. Fancy what must be my feelings where those I consider as gentlemen are concerned. It is all I can do to avoid a most tender compassion for a very few select ones. Miriam and I are looked on with envy by other young ladies, because some twenty or thirty of our acquaintance have already arrived. 
To know a Port Hudson defender is considered as the greatest distinction one need desire. If they would only let us see the prisoners once to sympathize with and offer to assist them, we would never care to call on them again until they are liberated. But this is aggravating. Of what benefit is it to send them lunch after lunch when they seldom receive it? Colonel Stedman and six others, I am sure, did not receive theirs on Sunday. We sent with the baskets a number of cravats and some handkerchiefs I had embroidered for the colonel. Brothers should forbid those gentlemen writing, too. Already a dozen notes have been received from them, and what can we do? We can't tell them not to. Miriam received a letter from Major Spratley this morning, raving about the kindness of the ladies of New Orleans, full of hope of future successes, and vows to help deliver the noble ladies from the hands of their oppressors, etc. It is a wonder that such a patriotic effusion could be smuggled out. He kindly assures us that not only those of our acquaintance there, but all their brother officers, would be more than happy to see us in their prison." position of affairs rather reversed since we last met. End of Book 4